the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Abounding Grace, we continue our journey through Romans. We're focused in on chapter 13, looking at verses 1 through 7. Unbelief and revolution. That's next. Join us for Abounding Grace, Pastor Gary Wagner. Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose, online at reformedheritage.org. Welcome to Abounding Grace. Our teacher and pastor, Gary Wagner, returns us to Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 7. Now, this beginning section of chapter 13 deals with us as Christians and the politics and governing authorities that surround us and how we interact with one another. There's a lot of information here and very practical especially in light of the current age we live in. Join us for some clear instruction and direction. With Abounding Grace, here's Pastor Gary. Though he was the Son of God, he submitted himself unto death, unto the will even of ungodly men, and he could have brought forth many righteous reasons and had all authority to pose Pilate from office at that moment, and to destroy all the Jewish leaders in mass for their apostasy. But he did not. He submitted himself, clothed in our flesh, as our mediator. And think about it. Without his submission, his blood would not have been able to save us. Because his blood would have been stained with rebellion. And therefore would not have been able to cleanse us from our rebellion. So rather than study reasons to resist the authorities that be, we would perhaps be better to have the spirit of the Roman centurion. You may remember him from Matthew 8. He came to Jesus and said, Lord, would you come and heal my servant? But don't come under my roof. I'm a man under authority. And Jesus said, I've never seen faith like this. And I think one of the reasons for this very complex and very terse interchange, and there's probably a lot more that we're not just getting, we're not getting out of this passage, but certainly Jesus was relating faith to submission. In other words, faith in God produces submission to authority. Do we want God to improve our domestic leadership, parents, Husbands, Do we want the Lord to improve our civil authorities and heal them? Then we must learn meekness. We must learn that we are under authority, period. I'm not free to think about those, talk about those, relate toward those, manipulate those who are in authority. I'm not free to do it, no matter what my reasons may be. I must be submissive and meek before God. Plus... We have God's own promise in that Psalm 25, 9, 
The meek will guide, he will guide in judgment. The meek, he will teach his way. And when we learn submission to God's will like this, meekness before God, brokenness before God, Lord, not my will, but yours be done, he will heal us and he will deliver us. We have that as a promise because it is sealed with the blood of our submitting Savior. Notice also in verse 1 that the powers that be are of God. Paul makes a remarkable statement here. There is no power but of God. The of phrase here means originated from. There is no power but that power that originates from God. That means it doesn't concern us how the individual came to power or how he uses his authority that God has given him. The point is God gave it to him. And if men abuse the stewardship that God has entrusted to them, husbands, parents, preachers, those especially in context to the civil magistrate, God will deal with them. But he still stands behind their authority. He is the only power and authority. Let that sink in. He is the only power and authority. In the turmoil of life, we seem to forget this. Well, no modern man thinks there's competing authority. We're more Eastern in this. There is this yin, this yin and this yang, and maybe God's yin is a little bigger than the world's yang, but there, no. Satan doesn't lift a finger except at the bidding of God. There is no other power in this whole universe. Atoms don't have intrinsic power. The leaves are not dropping because of some instinct or because that's the way they are wired. Animals don't hibernate by their own will. There is no power in this world but from God. Everything draws its life, its animus, its power from the God who has all the power. And that should be very comforting to us because that means his rule extends to every man, woman, and child from the lowest poor man to the highest government official. We are so secure under our Father's lordship and kingship that it is almost as if we are crowned with glory in heaven and at rest right now because there is no power but from God. And the powers that be are ordained of God. In Psalm 29, it says, The Lord sits his king, and that is Christ, above the floods. Floods in Scripture oftentimes represent the agitations of men, the troubles of life, troubles at work, troubles with family, troubles with health, troubles within, worries, fears, and doubts, whatever they may be. God set his king above all of those. He doesn't look out and say, oh no, what's happening over there? I better get to work over here. This is going to get out of hand. No, he is the absolute king above the floods of life. And all who rule do so by his authority. And not one atom is out of his control. The Bible also calls him a little bit earlier in Psalm 22, the governor of the nations. His is not an ethereal rule. Yeah, God rules over the spiritual things, but Joe Biden, he rules over the physical things. No, that's not Bible. 
That's not how we are to think. He is the governor of every governor. So how could God govern like this and afflict us? Because the wicked, if they are wicked, God holds them in his hand as his sword to afflict the wicked and to chasten his people. Read Isaiah 10 this afternoon. A hundred years before Cyrus even comes on the scene, the Lord tells Isaiah, Cyrus is coming, and he is going to be the rod in my hand, and I am going to punish my people Israel, my people, by this wicked man who's not even thinking of anything but booty and gain and plunder and women and power. That's all he's thinking of. But he is the rod in my hand, and I am going to chasten my people. Then I'm going to do a marvelous thing. Then I'm going to turn around, and I'm going to take that sword that was raised up to afflict my people, and I'm going to break that sword and all of Cyrus's power for daring to touch my anointed. Beloved to me, that is one of the most challenging, glorious passages in Scripture. God raises Cyrus up to afflict his people, and then he destroys Cyrus for afflicting his people. What are we to say to that? Nothing. We're to put our hands on our mouths and worship that governor. Of all the nations. That is what we are supposed to do. We are also supposed to trust. That now. The one who stood bloody and beaten. Before Herod and Pilate. Is exalted. And extolled and very high. The highest of the kings. Of the earth. And he holds all rule and all authority. In his hands. Do you think. That he who holds the nations in his nail-scarred hands is going to let the wicked overturn his purposes? Or going to allow the wicked to harm his bride in an absolute sense? No, because it says in Ephesians 1.23, he rules over all things for what? For his church. He is not ruling to save America. The goal of Christian politics should not be, must not ever be, was always misguided when it was to save America. Because that is not what God has ever been primarily concerned with or even secondarily concerned with. Jesus rules for the church to build his city, which is not in Washington, D.C., or Hollywood, or in Sacramento. His city is the eternal city, and he died to save it. And everything that goes on in the city of man, all of its agitations, its stupidity, all of its wars, all of its rebellions, have as one goal, listen, to save, to beautify, to bless, preserve, build up the church, and to make the mountains of the Messiah's king so high in this earth that all other mountains, the puny mountains of man's authority, look up with awe and envy, not at a rival political power, but at a church in which the king dwells, where his throne sits, and where his word is humbly proclaimed. Our Savior's reign is very detailed and specific. He does not exercise a general kingship. 
Now notice, the powers that are, that be are ordained of God. So pay careful attention now to the verbs. He doesn't say the powers that we like or the powers that we agree with, the powers that are in our political party, those who share our faith, or those who rule justly. He says the powers that are. It is a present tense, present state of reality. This includes our existing government and all of its officials. It also includes, by the way of implication, our particular pastor and elders and husbands. In other words, no one has authority anywhere unless the Lord has given it to him. And if a man comes to possess authority through injustice or violence or he abuses it, it is not for us to stand in judgment over him. He has another before he will give a very strict accounting. Ordained here is a very powerful word. It means to put into place. God has appointed the specific place And they must serve as his ministers. And if they don't, this doesn't free us from having to submit to them. Unless, of course, we must submit or must obey rather than God, rather than men, because they command us possibly to disobey God. So against them, all the wars, all the schemes, all the revolutions that men have perpetrated past and present in order to secure their own ends... The Holy Spirit teaches us different lessons, doesn't he? And that is, we are to see God's authority behind every human authority. We see in 1 Peter 2.17, that's the reason Peter, the sword drawer now, Peter, the obedient, says, Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Notice how he puts fearing God and honoring king in the same breath. In other words, we don't fear God unless we honor the king he has appointed. We truly fear God as we bend our knee and subdue our hearts before the higher authorities, seeing them as God's own authority over us. That means we have to receive injustices meekly. God may be chasing in us, Or he may be giving them free reign to abuse for a while so that he can then judge them more severely. This is what Rusas Rushduni says about this. Basic to the historic and biblical political faith of Israel was the sentence in the law, Thou mayest not set a stranger over thee which is not thy brother. Deuteronomy 17.15 A non-covenant man cannot be made a ruler. The penalty for breaking covenant is to be ruled by evil men. Deuteronomy 28, 14 through 68. A society in its various areas of government reflect the nature and character of men. A society made up of evil and reprobate men will reflect their character. The homosexual and degenerate nature of Roman leadership and authorities began to appear even in Paul's day. The old proverb says simply, you can't make a good omelet with bad eggs. The essence of non-biblical politics is to try and do precisely that, to so arrange the bad eggs to produce a gourmet dish, that is, to take sinful, fallen men, and to create a just social order. 
This is the purpose of revolutions in the modern era. We can, in more than a few cases, say that the old regimes overthrown by revolutions were bad, but we must add that the new ones have been far, far worse. If we apply systematically the premise that man without Christ can create a social order, we thereby enthrone evil as the means to good, end quote. And thus, we have America. Civil governments have been established by God to either be a safeguard for the righteous and an instrument of wrath to the wicked, or as a tool to shake and sift his church for their waywardness. But we must pray for these men, because the powers that be are ordained of God, and the heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord, and he turns it wherever he will. So as we pray, as a kingdom of priests, our prayers enter into the heart of the king, and then he moves the kings of this world according to his will. So, then even if their deeds are evil, even if we are seeking the Lord and seeking to be governed and yielding to be governed by those whom God has raised up over us, then God will turn their evil into good. We must, beloved, pray for a spirit of gospel submission to authority. And it begins in your home. It begins with you, teenage young men and teenage young women, submitting to the lawful commands of your parents, obeying them, respecting them, honoring them, praying for them. And that extends to you, wife, to obey your husband as unto the Lord and submit to him. It's the same verbiage, by the way, as used in Ephesians 5, talking about the wife, not manipulating, not I'll submit to him if he agrees with me. It is to be I will submit to him even if I don't agree with him. Submission is not submission. If someone says, you can have a million dollars if you submit. Submission is submission is when they say to you, I'm going to take away your ten dollars. No one has to hold, be told to submit when they are told, okay, you can eat that whole carton of ice cream. But when they say they've stopped making ice cream and you can't ever have it again, that is a meek and a yielded spirit. We must accept what God has given us and yield ourselves to be governed by him. For it is devilish to do otherwise. It is devilish to be revolutionary. It is devilish to try and undermine the powers that be when the Lord Jesus has given us such a clear example in his own life and word. Therefore, verse 2, to resist the powers is to resist the ordinance of God. The verb here, resist, means to go to war against, to stand against, to oppose so when we hear a call to submission like this, it's a little troubling, and we may first think, well, wait a minute, what about abuses? What about the cases where we're told we must disobey God? Well, there's no confusion here. We have a clear directive here for dealing with this, Acts 5.41, where Peter and the apostles, standing before the Sanhedrin, who had forbidden them to preach the gospel in direct contravention to God's command, they say, we must obey God rather than men. 
we know what to do when leaders say, you may not obey God, you must obey us. We have to stand up before the image of Nebuchadnezzar out in the field, and we cannot bow down. We must obey God rather than men. But here, what are we told to do since not every command or even most of them is of that variety? We are to understand that our submission to the powers that be is a sacred duty, for God takes it as submission to himself. Let that sink in. To resist the power is to resist God. Why? Because he takes our obedience to even inferior unworthy magistrates, husbands, parents, pastors, teachers, as obedience to himself. Just like he takes resistance as resistance against him. So our obedience is not dependent then upon personal agreement. It doesn't matter whether or not we agree with it, even if the ruler is wicked. And even if we are confident that he is rebellion, rebelling against God's majesty. They can't escape his control or his judgment. And we are commanded to submit. I have much more to say next week, but let's see in closing what John Calvin had to say about submission to the powers that be. He said, but it is the example of all ages that some princes are careless about all those things to which they, have, which, to which they ought to have given heed, and far from all care, lazily take their pleasure. Others intent upon their own business put up for sales, laws, privileges, judgments, and letters of favor. Others drain the common people of their money and outward lavish it on insane largesse. Still others exercise shirobbery, plundering houses, raping virgins and matrons and slaughtering the innocent. Consequently, many cannot be persuaded that they ought to recognize these as princes and to obey their authority as far as possible. That's taken from the Institutes, chapter 4, 20 through 4. Then we read this also from the Institutes of Christian Religion. Those who, unmoved by so many testimonies of Scripture, dare rail against this holy ministry as a thing abhorrent to Christian religion and piety, what else do they do but revile God himself? whose ministry cannot be reproached without dishonor to himself. And these folk do reject magistrates and cast off God that he may not reign over them. End quote. And then one more comment from his commentary on Romans chapter 13, verse 1. The reason why we ought to be subject to magistrates is that they have been appointed by God's ordination. If it is the will of God to govern the world in this manner, anyone who despises his power is striving to overturn the order of God and is therefore resisting God himself, since to despise the providence of the one who is the author of civil government is to wage war against him. Important words of wisdom for the church today. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, help us to be the men, women, and young people you have called us to be in regards to those in authority over us. Help us to truly submit without complaining, without remonstrance, 
without cursing, without rebellion, but to repay evil with good. Help us to show to the world the true character of God, and that is to humbly and meekly submit to his will, and not our own, for Christ's sake. Amen. And that'll bring us to the end of our time today here on Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Thank you for joining us today. It's our hope and prayer that we've been able to encourage you in Christ and stimulate your walk in him. To address questions, comments, prayer requests, or concerns, please call or write to us. We'd love to talk with you. 408-866-5607 is our phone number, 408 408- Eight six six five six zero seven. You're also welcome to visit our website. Drop us an email when you do, reformedheritage.org. Real simple, reformedheritage.org. A lot of information there about who we are. We would invite you again to stop by, reformedheritage.org. Or if you're writing to us, the address is PMB, post mailbox, 402, and the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032. That address can be found on our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, simply call 408-866-5607. Copies of today's program are just $5. Mention today's date, and we'll get a CD out to you. And please remember that we are listener-supported, which means when you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this station. It's a great way to study God's Word together, isn't it? And we'd love to continue to do so. Would you prayerfully consider how God might be leading you to partner with us? We'd love to hear from you. Again, won't you call 408-866-5607 or reformedheritage.org. Sunday services, by the way, if you'd like to join us, are 2 in the afternoon. We're located at Lone Hill Church, 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org. Again, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. Further information can be found again at reformedheritage.org or by calling 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, God bless. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.